When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It's that pre-can vibe, man. It is that pre-can vibe. We are back. It is Canty and Carlin. Man, we never left. How can you be back if you never left? Don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott with you. Michael Rothstein dude, uh, joined us from the Atlanta offices, correct? Right? The Southern Bureau of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. The ESPN <laughs> it's starting to feel like it. Sirius XM <laughs> Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet us. I'm at Randy Scott ESPN. He's at Mike Rothstein. You can join the conversation. The CC call in line 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Man, we are, we are wide open on this Friday. Got a ton of NBA to get to. Uh, the, the Celtics get back up off the deck. The Suns get buried underneath the deck. It was a, a total eclipse from the start for the Suns. Maybe some Bonnie Tyler in this program. We're going to get the NFL schedule release as well, a competition where we're trying to figure out the best games of every week. If you can map out your season as a super fan, you know, you're Rob Lowe in the stands. You just got the NFL logo on your hat. You know, <laughs> we're going to map out your season for you. Uh, but, Mike, we wanna, I do want to set the, 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 the tone just visually – Okay, for the listener, because I'm looking at you. If you've seen the movie Titanic, <laughs> you are in repose right now. Like in my view, I'm painting you like one of one of the fr- one of my French girl. Because I have clothing on. Hold you're on. laid up because you just had knee surgery, so you're fighting yes. hurt again. You're playing hurt one more time. I play I play hurt all the time. I, I, I don't know. The last time I played healthy, I was probably like twelve. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I had knee surgery. Last week, the knee is doing great. My doctor, shout out to Dr. Michael Mathers in Atlanta. Big, big help there. My knee is actually doing really well. I'm almost off crutches, but did have a couple of complications. So I have to keep things elevated and keep things moving uh, from time to time. So it's going to be a fun, exciting (laughs) show with me half laid up like I am still on a lot of painkillers, which I am thankfully not, and then half in breaks, walking around my very small apartment. There we go. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great, Randy. It's gonna be some some high quality, high quality <laughs> radio here. Yeah. Uh, for the second straight day for me here on Candy and Garland, we are setting the scene. All right, let's set the stage here. The rest of the way in the Eastern Conference, as we have uh, a game six tonight between the Knicks and the Heat. All due respect to that, though, we're gonna start with what we saw. And what we didn't see to set up a Game 7 in Boston on Sunday. Because Game 6 in Philadelphia, Sixers had a chance to just close out this disappointing series. Really a disappointing postseason for Boston where they've just been playing with their food too much, Michael. They, quite frankly, could have dispatched Atlanta a lot quicker than they did. They didn't. Haven't been able to close out games. They've made a resurgence in probably tens of millions of dollars uh, for James Harden and, and what he's been able to do against Boston in this series. And if you told the Sixers, Michael, that at one point Jason Tatum was going to be 1-for-13 going into the fourth quarter, then 1-for-14 in the fourth quarter, that if you'd given that to Philadelphia, they'd say, great, we'll just sit back and rest and we'll let the Heat and the Knicks duke it out because we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, you get those numbers from Jason Tatum. If you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you probably think that you are winning that game. And in reality, in a lot of ways, you should potentially win that game. Like that—that's just the truth of it. You get a, a clunker 
from Jason Tatum, and he's had now two clunkers in this series. Five of twenty-one last mm-hmm. night, four of eleven from three. Now he did listen, he did some other stuff well. It's not completely he was plus two plus minus, but also nine boards, six assists. So not like an all-out stinker mm-hmm. from Jason Tatum, but just did not put up the points. And really, not many guys on the Celtics did, except for Marcus Smart. Because he was their leading scorer, and how many times do we say that? <laughs> I, you know, I, to me, it was it was an opportunity lost for Philly. I think Randy, like that. Yeah. When I look back last night, it, Boston has always been kind of the team that should win. I mean, they, they were the higher seed, and yeah, they did not look great against Atlanta, but I, that felt a little bit like okay, you'll be able to beat Atlanta when you beat Atlanta because Atlanta is not a good basketball team, and we're going to see that. But, Tatum. Yeah. Tatum going for 16 in the fourth, though. I mean, if you watching the first three quarters, it was two very different people. Oh, yeah. Two very different mindsets. He was 0 for 10 in the first half, historically inept, not only for someone of his caliber, right? Not only for a guy who flirts with all NBA designation, you know what I mean, throughout the regular season, but somebody who established himself. I mean, listen to him post game. He, he's with Cassidy Hubbard here. <laughs> and this is after, again, starting 0 for 10 from the field and at 1 for 14 at one point, but because he put up those 16 points in the uh, in the final frame he had this to say to Cassidy Hubbard just oozing with confidence I'm one of humbly one of the best basketball players in the world you know go through struggles go through slumps it's a long game and you know thankful I got some great teammates that held it down Brogdon JB Smart Al and they all trust me right they tell me keep taking great looks it's gonna fall keep impacting the game in other ways and all that mattered was we won this game right give ourselves another chance come back home you know for game seven all right, I guess it's what you want to hear, right, from your young superstar. You don't want him to say, yeah, I was afraid to take shots in the moment and I don't want to shot away. <laughs> no, he shot himself through that historic slump. And if he doesn't, we're not talking about a Game 7. No, we're not. I, here's the thing that struck me the most, Randy. It's this. I want to know what uh, not humble Jason, Hata- Jason Tatum really thinks. Because if humbly he thinks he's one of the best basketball players in the world, mm-hmm. I want to know what not humble, what brash Jason Tatum thinks. I <laughs> got <laughs> like, that, that. That was yes. the first. I'm just like, um, I don't think you're you're either a not using humbly right, or b your opinion of what you really are as a basketball player is you, you're you're tamping it down here and. and <laughs> Don't Man. hold back. What, okay. Yeah, after what, a five of twenty-one performance, <laughs> mind you, what did, he, what did he prove in that fourth quarter? Throw out the first three. What did he prove, given the context of the first three? What did he prove to you in the fourth? He proved he actually proved me wrong from yesterday because yesterday I said uh, on our Kenny and Carlin program here that he seemed to me like the type of player that when he wasn't having a good night, he understood that and he would defer and he would move on and he would kind of try to get shots for Jalen Brown, for Marcus Smart, for Al Horford, for other guys on his team that he knows can score for Malcolm Brogdon. What we saw in the fourth quarter to me was a little bit like, well, maybe, just maybe he's not always going to be like that and he's going to try and do what he has to do. All right, and if you're looking at a glue guy, because let's give him his flowers. Now, in the fourth quarter... Okay, Marcus Smart turned into a pumpkin. But for the first <laughs> half, he was tremendous. The Celts don't win this game without his first half. No. I was I was kind of keeping tabs on him, circling the drain. You got a 1:30 a.m. wake-up call for Sports Center AM. So, I'm not I'm not, you know, I don't have a TV in the room, right? It's bad sleep habit to have a TV in the room. So, I'm just I'm, I'm looking at the box score. It's refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And I keep seeing Marcus Smart having 20 points. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. As Jason Tatum has 7. You know, Smart was the leading scorer. He finished the night as a leading scorer. This was a mid-2000s NBA game. 95-86 was the final. 95 points got you a win 
in the playoffs, okay? In the year 2023. And it's because of what Marcus Smart did, not only offensively, but defensively. He seems like, whether the box score represents it or not, he seems like the catalyst, the engine for this team when they absolutely lose track of who they are. But, Randy, in some ways, hasn't it always been like that? I mean, this is a guy who, listen, he's been around the Celtics since 2015 at this point. So he's one of the through lines when you're talking about this like last decade or so of, of Boston teams. He has been the consistent through line. So not surprising that in a big game, in a must-have-it game, he would potentially be the guy that comes up big for them. That, I, I guess I was not shocked when I saw that, and I was like, oh, you know what? He put in 22. 22, by the way, tying his playoff high of – no, sorry, two off of his playoff high of this mm-hmm. year. He did have 24 in – I believe it was game three against the Hawks this year, but he, you know, 20, he's sometimes putting in 20, sometimes putting in 21, 22, but it's not a consistent thing for him, but they needed it. They needed it bad. And he gave it to them last night. And that's why we're still talking about the Celtics today. Instead of talking about, well, is Jalen Brown going to be back next year? Well, Jalen Brown's got at least one more game and maybe one more or two more series after what we saw last night. Yeah, Marcus Smart had 15 of his 22 points in the first half. Uh, he was a, you know, a, a harassment on on defense. I mean, he at one point was singling up Joel Embiid, and we'll get to Embiid uh, here in a minute. But what Marcus Smart also did was give us some really interesting sound bites after the game. Uh, Smart certainly doesn't lack for confidence. He has earned now the right, because Marcus Smart was in the draft class with Embiid. Okay, that's how long he's been in the league. That's how long he's been a part of playoff basketball as well. I mean, he was a teammate of Isaiah Thomas's, right? I mean, we're talking about young Jason Tatum as well. Smart has been there. He's been the constant. And Smart has seen now three different head coaches in the last three seasons. Brad Stevens, Ime Yudoka, and now Joe Missoula. Missoula, and I can say this because I live in the Boston area and I listen to Boston uh, sports radio uh, for a lot of reasons, <laughs> entertainment being <laughs> one of them, um, but... Missoula's been getting killed for the, for the majority of this season. Uh, his timeout strategy has been called into question. Substitution patterns. Um, I mean, they're, they're, you name it, they have criticized it for this first-year head coach, despite the fact that right now the Celtics have home court advantage through the NBA Finals if they get there. Now, Missoula doesn't credit for that. And Missoula did not get a ton of credit from Marcus Smart last night. This was Marcus Smart was taking a little bit of credit, I believe, of his own, and maybe on behalf of the veteran teammates when talking about what they did for their coach. You know, Joe's learning, um, just like all of us. You know, I know he's been killed a lot, um, rightfully so. You know, he, he needs to make some adjustments, and he's did that. And that's all you can ask for: just continue to be the best he can be. And uh, it takes everybody. It's a full team effort. My coach has been getting killed, and rightfully, rightfully so. so. Rightfully so, says Marcus Smart. Now, there's more to it, okay, because there was a lineup change. Robert Williams was in the starting lineup for Derek White, and Marcus Smart said that is what we wanted in the locker room. He said, quote, I was ecstatic about it. To be able to have Rob in there, he changes the game a lot. Being able to have a lob threat, a rim threat, to be able to protect the rim on the other end, he's huge for us, and I was proud to have him on the court. And that just goes to show you Joe is learning like all of us. And um, rightfully in, so. Yep. And it leads into the soundbite. Uh, it takes everybody. It takes a full effort. What else? It's a tremendous difference. Uh, bah, 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 bah. It's different. 
helps us as players when you think about it in the grand scheme. Okay, when you think about it in the grand scheme, we're teaching him. This is Marcus Smart on Missoula. When it <laughs> when you think about it in the grand scheme, we're teaching him as well. We're teaching ourselves. We get to learn more about ourselves. It allows Jason, it allows Jalen, it allows me to be more vocal on the court, to go figure things out. We're doing it together. It's not going to be perfect. Joe's not perfect. Yeah. Well, nobody's perfect. Randy, oh, you know what? You know what? I mean, listen, I know that on SportsCenter AM you have perfect shows, and that makes, makes no. you perfect from time to time. But, but nobody's perfect. I will screw up. Uh, sorry, Shannon Penn, our, our wonderful producer. I will screw up at least five times this show. Um, rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully uh, so. Rightfully exactly. So. I mean, I, that just happens. That's, that's human nature. So I, I don't have a problem with Marcus Smart saying it. If anything, it, the fact that he feels comfortable enough saying that about Joe Missoula probably tells you how they really think about Joe Missoula as a coach and that they trust him enough to understand, like, they say that about him, he's not going to freak out. And flip out and be like, oh, you know, I lost the locker room. Oh, is this me? Because they understand what though, these guys have been around longer than him and, and understand the situation that they are in maybe better than Joe Mazzulli. That is a tremendous point for Michael Rothstein. Uh, I'm Randy Scott. We're in for the guys. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. There it does seem to be a comfort level there, right, with Missoula because you don't say that out of pocket on your head coach, right? That's not a mistake that you make at this point of the season when the fishbowl is even smaller and the lights are even brighter from the media after a win, and you need it going into Game 7, and here's why you should have confidence if you're a Celtic going into Game 7, and it's not the fact that you're on your home floor because that actually hasn't been kind to you. It's who the opposing head coach is. For Doc Rivers, this is going to be his 16th Game 7 as a head coach. That's the most all-time. He has a 6-9 and nine record. Six wins, Nine losses, a 400 win percentage in Game 7s. The nine losses are the most all-time. So let's get to the latest one here with a chance, rather, not a Game 7, but a chance to eliminate the opponent for Doc Rivers, uh, who now has a 17-32 and record in his career with the opportunity to clinch a series. And Joel Embiid's usage, Michael, or lack thereof down the stretch, you've got the MVP and you're going to look at the stat line, as not you, Michael, but a casual looks at it and says, hey, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 40 minutes, all right, Embiid got his. Three for six from the field in the fourth. Didn't touch the basketball. While the rest of the 76ers combined to go two for 14 in the fourth, he didn't touch the ball for the final four minutes. Here's Embiid on that. We had a lot of wide-open shots. Uh, we didn't make them. We stopped moving the ball. I think I don't think I touched the ball the last four minutes of the game. Like I said, missed a lot of good looks. I didn't touch the ball at all. I think he didn't touch the ball. Uh, I, I, whose fault that is clear. that, Michael? Um, rightfully so. <laughs> and that's a, that's a whole bunch of people's faults, right? Like, some of that comes on Joel Embiid, too. You're the MVP of the league. Call for the thing, man. Like, be like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. I am the best player on your team. Yes, James Harden can shoot, and James Harden's fantastic. But it's just Harden and Embiid. Like, what else do they really have? Seriously, that's been the thing with the Sixers all playoffs long. Before they even made the playoffs, when you were evaluating the Eastern Conference and the difference between, say, a Milwaukee and a Boston and Philly was, well, who do they have after their, their top duo? And it was a tough answer. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, uh, okay, but not there, there wasn't that third guy that you're like, I feel really, really, really good about. And I think we're starting to see that that is a problem here. I don't think that this ends up being a collapse situation for Doc Rivers. However, Randy Scott, I will tell you this. those That 6-9 and nine Game 7 record you mentioned, this is why if you're Philly, you might be more concerned. When do you think the last time Doc Rivers won a Game 7? Mm, man. Uh, but, 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 was it the NBA f- Finals with Boston? 
Mm-mm. When was it? When was it? It was 2015. Okay. When he was coaching the Clippers and they beat the Spurs, 111-109. Oh, the Chris Paul game, shot. Yeah, in a game seven. He has lost his last four game sevens Ooh. since then. Ooh. So yeah, that, that should be somewhat concerning, but I'll also I'll leave you with this on this particular point. They're the third seed. Boston's the second seed. Boston was supposed to win this series anyway, so it's not a collapse. It's playing the seed. It's just playing the seed. Well, okay, here's, here's Rivers. Okay, and he was talking about trust and the impact or lack thereof on his roster last night. I don't think we trusted very well. Um, you know, it's a make-miss league, and they were um, 15 for 35 from the three, and we were 8 for 34. I would say we had a lot of wide-open threes. Uh, we didn't make them. Uh, I didn't like how we played overall offensively, though. Down the stretch, you know, got to play through your big fella more. Didn't think the ball went there. Um, so I have to watch the film, but I just didn't think we had a game of great trust tonight. Um, you know, I thought our guys all wanted to win. Uh, they played that way, and sometimes I think that gets in your way, and I thought that happened tonight. Okay, whether it was trust or whether it was just a failure to score the basketball, a lack of a third option, but let's talk about you know the disappearance of the second option as well. James Harden doesn't have a great Game 7 track record in his record, uh, record book either. 4 of 16 from the floor, played 43 minutes, took four fewer shots than Tyrese Maxey, uh, had the 13 points. He was a minus 10. I mean, that's time for the team worse now. And this is a guy who is responsible, yes, for t- directly responsible for two wins in this series. But when he disappears, man, he, he hardly leaves a trail. Well, we've known that about James Harden throughout his career. And, and maybe this isn't fair, Randy. And I think both you and I do this in, in our job on radio, television, in print, uh, you know, the, the vast that we cover over here at ESPN. It bothered me. The one thing Doc Rivers said that bothered me is, I think my guys wanted to win. Well, to quote our wonderful colleague, Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, especially in the playoffs. Like The fact that you're like, yeah, our guys wanted to win. I, I know they wanted to win. Why do you have to say that? That should be like a, non, like a non-fact. Like That should not even be a question, right? Of course. Yeah. No, that gets baked into this whole thing. Uh, we've got the entire Western Conference slate to get to. We've got the Warriors and Lakers tonight. We've got news on Andrew Wiggins and possibly his availability, as well as you know, a post-mortem on what the Suns did or didn't do. That's NBA. We also got the best and worst NFL games from weeks one through four, and Rothstein will give us all of that insight following this word from Vivid Seats. Here at Canty and Carlin, we're fired up for the NFL schedule release. Luckily for you, our friends at Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, have great deals on great seats with a huge selection of tickets to this year's hottest matchups. Experience every tackle, every pass, and every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. For the best selection of 2023 tickets, shop now. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience live. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Oh, we have an NFL schedule now, so we can fire up the NFL music. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Michael Rothstein down in the ATL. Uh, I'm Randy Scott here in the B-R-I-S-T-O-L. Nailed it. Really had to spell it out. Spelling you on the did. fly. Not easy. Join the conversation. We're actually, we're, we are looking for your input here specifically as we dive into the best and worst NFL games and we're going to attack the schedule piece by piece right how do you uh how do you uh, uh well, eat an elephant not that anybody would right it's bite by bite right like we got to start that somewhere it's aggressive it is aggressive and we're not going to do it cuz we love elephants but how are we going to do it bite by bite games and weeks 1 through 4 the best and worst games week by week as Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Michael, you are up first. Yes, What I is am. your best game in week one? I actually really love Miami at the Los Angeles Chargers. The the uh, best social media team out there when it comes to the schedule release. The Los Angeles Chargers-Miami Dolphins is a very intriguing game to me because both of these teams still feel like they are on the rise. They are both teams with a ton of talent. And it is the game that when I look at the schedule, these two teams feel most likely to be playoff teams this year, Randy. And although fairly weak week one, I think that's the one that really stands out. I have a feeling Miami's going to be featured a lot. I know that they're in mine. And so what I had to do, because I'm deferring here, right? I had to prepare yep. two I had to prepare two options oh, for each thing. Okay. okay, so you took my first choice. You Sorry. sunk my battleship. You can join me. You sunk my battleship. I appreciate it. I respect it. I'm going to go Buffalo and the Jets. That is Monday Night Football. It is September 11th in New York. Uh, that's gonna, there obviously is going to be a special vibe surrounding that game as well. But it is Aaron Rodgers' debut for the New York Jets. And he jumps right into the deep end of the pool. And if you look at the Jets' schedule, there's a very real possibility he's going to get a taste of that New York media. You know, he's going to get a taste of that fan base because it's just a difficult slate out of the gate. You could look at it and say, yeah, I see four losses in these first six games. And one of them could happen on opening night. So give me Monday Night Football, Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers. Let's go worst. Okay, let's think negatively. What is your worst game? Oh, it's very easy for me to think negative, Randy Scott. Mm -hmm. Very easy. (laughs) And this is an easy one to pick, honestly. Arizona at Washington. 
I'm sorry. I have no interest in either one of these two teams watching them play much football this year. I think I have to watch both of them because I think they both do play the Falcons. But, man, I'm sorry. This this one feels like a clunker right from the get-go. Nick. Yeah, get me away from that. <laughs> plus, it's at Landover. Plus, it's in Landover. Yeah, get, ugh, get, ugh, ugh, ugh. Ugh, ugh. All right. Ugh. That actually didn't make my list. That didn't make my list. I'm going to go with Jacksonville at Indianapolis. I feel like the growing pains are going to be steep for C.J. Stroud, and not because of his own personal limitations or lack thereof, in my opinion, to be honest. I think it's just the offensive weaponry or lack thereof that the Colts have. It's going to get a steady dose of Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor could realistically this season, if he stays healthy, uh, he could have 400 carries. He really could. They're going to do whatever they can to take the pressure off of Stroud. I think Jacksonville goes in there and rolls. I think it's going to be an ugly, an ugly game. Is there, do we have a sounder for week two? Or do we just... We just week two. Are we just doing that? Let's <laughs> yeah, go. I guess so. Let's Fire roll. it up. All right, best game in week two. Michael Rothstein is what? Ooh, man. You know, you look at the schedule, right? I, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go Baltimore... At Cincinnati, because Baltimore we kind of Baltimore at Cincinnati. We know I, I just love that quarterback matchup. It's a divisional rivalry. Those, these two teams, whenever they play each other, it seems like there's some sort of bad blood involved. Thank you, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Baltimore at Cincinnati. I, these game, whenever these two teams play, it's going to be a classic. I like this situation. I like this. I like this game better than any of the others on the schedule this week. All right, give me Jets. What about you? At, give me Jets at the Cowboys. I want to see Aaron Rodgers go into the Death Star there. In, uh, in the Metroplex. I want to see him go into Jerry World, and I really do think Dallas could win that game. Uh, so I think I think that's going to be a, a real fun matchup. What about the worst game of Week 2? Man, I, I feel bad. I'm like, no, actually, I'm not. Indianapolis at Houston. Yeah, two rookie quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud. That can be exciting, but I'm sorry. These might be two of the three or four worst teams in the NFL. I, I want no part of this. I, uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I'll go Giants at Cardinals. The Cardinals are going to be objectively terrible. The Giants did have an annoying tendency last season of letting bad teams hang around late. I'm not saying they're going to lose this game, but I think that could be some bad, sloppy football. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and put that as as my vote for the worst game of Week 2. Let's go Week 3. Week 3. What's your best game, Michael Rothstein, of Week 3? I'm going to actually go the game that I'll be covering that week. Atlanta Falcons at Detroit Lions. You might say, wait, what? Well, the Lions and the Falcons are both teams I think are on are coming up. They're strong. They always have incredibly interesting games when they play. Every time they've played, I think in the last four or five games, it's come down to the final play or the final minute, including some really wacky situations. I'm really excited about this game that week. Plus, it's in Detroit, and I get to go back to go back to the Motor City, back to Ann Arbor, Randy Scott. I was going to say, this is like your old stomping grounds. This is the Michael, is. Michael Rothstein Bowl. I had that as my option. I'm going to go Tennessee at Cleveland. I think the Titans are going to take a big old step back this season. Uh, great game if you like running backs. You know, if Derrick Henry uh, is still upright in week three, him opposite <laughs> Nick Chubb could be fun. Uh, but it's uh, the aerial efforts in this one are not, not going to be fun. All right, let's go. Week four. What's your best game? Oh, well, we game? forgot the worst game in week three. Oh, wait, three. that was your best game in week three? Yeah. Dude, I had that as a worst game in week what, three. Wait, Atlanta-Detroit? Yes. Oh, no, that's, oh, I think that's the best God. game in week three. All I right, love so that game. We went negative off the bat. So my, oh You my, went negative I off went the bat. Negative. I went you, positive. But listen, by all quality measures, you went negative. I'm going to go best. Okay, best for me is I'll go Chicago at Kansas City. I think Justin Fields running wild is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be early enough in the season to where he will be turned loose, won't have the damage, won't have taken the hits on his year yet, and Kansas City will be able to do. The Bears defense isn't there yet, 
So Kansas City's offensive exploits are going to be really fun to watch as well. What's your worst game of Week 3? Yeah, my worst game is Tennessee and Cleveland. I just have no interest yeah, in really watching that game. I think both those teams are going to be pretty bad this year. One last thing with Atlanta-Detroit, Randy. You're talking about two teams that might win their divisions. Yeah, Atlanta's Atlanta not and Detroit. So you're talking about... Who, Atlanta? No really? way. The oh, Saints. We'll, we'll get into that. All right. Listen, oh, no. The Saints lost like all their defense, man. <laughs> their Saints defense is decimated. Okay. No, get out of here. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Week four. What is okay. your best matchup of week four? You know, I, I mean, listen, Atlanta plays in London, which is exciting to me, but I'm not going to pick that. I promise you. I mean, week four, I would probably say Kansas City at the New York Jets. You figure at that yep. point, Aaron Rodgers settled in. It's a primetime game. That's really exciting. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, we don't get to see that matchup all that much in the past. We will at least as long as Aaron Rodgers is in New York now. That one, and that one might be the game, I think, of the first four weeks that we've talked about. I'm going to go Washington at Philadelphia. We'll see if the commanders really do have the secret sauce defensively to slow down Jalen Hurts and company. Remember, they won uh, in Philly last season. We'll see if they can do it with Sam Howell. What's your worst game of week four? Man, I, I think it's the Rams at the Colts. That game just does nothing for me on mm-hmm. so many levels. <laughs> like, I, the Rams, I think, can be decent this year. I just have no faith in the Colts. Yeah. Uh, that game that game feels like, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm mowing what you're growing. That was my first choice as well. Uh, I'll also go Vikings at Panthers. I think both teams are taking steps back this season. We want to hear from you. Call in 888-SAY-ESPN is the CC call in line 888-729-3776. Which matchup do you have circled on your calendar and which NFL team had the best schedule release? We'll dive into that on social media. Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott with you. It's Canton Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canton Carlin, the podcast. Even sure what 80s movie this is from. It, it is not from any 80s movie, Randy Scott. Sure? It is from the Eurovision Song Contest 2023. The grand final is tomorrow. <gasps> this this is Malta. They did not qualify for the grand final. No? No, I'm devastated. What is Euro? What qualify? What makes something Euro music? No, it's Eurovision. It's a song contest in Europe. A song contest? So it's like yes. American Idol, but European Idol. Like, it's- Well, every country submit every country and, and submits one song, and that song then, that artist competes for, in the Eurovision contest. And what is the, what does the, the winner get? Uh, things. Do we know? Things. Okay. Stuff and things. Probably mo- stuff and things, probably money. Probably money, adulation, probably a yeah. career. Yeah. Okay. Michael Rothstein just, just classing up the chat here. On Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, when are the finals again for Eurovision? They are tomorrow, the grand final. Okay, tomorrow our time, but who knows what time that is. No, no. tomorrow, it is tomorrow in Europe. It's like, so it's like tomorrow afternoon our time. Tomorrow, I think like 8 p.m. British time, British Standard Time. Right. I, don't think, I don't know if British Standard Time's a thing, but I don't, we're going to go with it. I choose it. We fought a whole war, so we didn't have to follow their time. Um, let's go. Michael I don't Rothstein. know if that's why, why that happened. <laughs> It's Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott with you in for the guys. The uh, CC call in line, one eight 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 say espn 888-729-3776. Now that the NFL schedule uh, has been released, which matchup do you have circled on your calendar? If you could go to one, which one would it be? And with the schedule release comes the social media battle as you go from the Eurovision competition to this one. This was fascinating. All 32 teams putting out their schedules online in creative ways. Uh, the budget's bigger for some teams than others. Um, it, I know who I pick as the clear winner, and I don't think we agree, Michael, because the Tennessee Titans were proof you don't have to have a big budget or a good microphone to get a tremendous, tremendous schedule release video. 
Yeah, listen, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I don't know if you can hear me applauding here, but like they, yep. they did a fantastic job. I I was crying, laughing. The Atlanta Falcons. There we go. Thank you. Thank you for helping out. The Atlanta Falcons even went as far to change their name on Twitter to the Red Stallions, which is what the Falcons were called by the tight random Tennessee person on Broadway in uh, in Nashville when they asked what the Falcons logo was. But no, I see. I felt like that was like more simplistic humor, right? Like it's great humor, but simplistic humor. I, I prefer the shade. I prefer the, I am going to take shots at everybody along the way. And nobody does that. Randy Scott, <laughs> like the Los Angeles chargers. Nobody calls shade and, and just rips and throws flamethrowers at all of their opponents, like the Los Angeles Chargers show, social media team. If you go and watch this video, which is anime for these, I think it's the second or third straight year. But you go watch this thing. I mean, they are taking they they are they are, they are holding no nothing back at all, Randy Scott. They mm-hmm. the detail was incredible. My favorite detail, Randy Scott, was when they they're playing the Ravens this year and. In the, they get, they put a contract out, and the person who signed the contract was the guy who like the NFL said do not deal with this person in the Lamar Jackson contract negotiations. Like th- that is the level of detail they put in. Matt, just I mean that's awesome. I, so, I appreciate that. No, I it, it was it was tremendous detail. Um, I understand exactly what you're what you're talking about. Um, you're talking about uh, Ken Francis. Ken Francis yes. was the name on the Ravens contract. If the goal is engagement and length of engagement, right? If the goal is to have each viewer of your schedule release really pour over it and spend a ton of time looking at it, yes, the Chargers were the clear winners because they did put an astonishing level of detail into it. But let's be honest, people are, you know, where, where do they where do they view Twitter? Right? They view it at their desk. Right when they're sneaking it at work, they maybe view it in the work restroom. Maybe, maybe they view it when they're eating lunch. Maybe they view it in their car. Like you don't have time to pour over this. Sometimes you don't have time to watch it, so you're listening to it. That's why the Tennessee Titans, to me, were the clear winner. They went down on Broadway, Main Street. Right, my posse's on Broadway. Main. They went down to the main drag there in Nash Vegas and talked to men, women. Uh, younger, older, everything, wide gambit, and they just showed the logos of the teams that the Titans were going to play this season. And no one got it right. Or at the very least, well, they only chose the yeah, answers I was just saying, that were I'm pretty hilarious. sure people got some of them right. Like, okay. let's, I, don't, I, don't think they, I don't think they got that lucky uh, eight, 17 times. <laughs> okay, so they show the Cincinnati Bengals logo, and this young lady goes, oh, no, uh, oh, the uh, Boston Bobcats, and then smash cut to the logo with the word Boston Bobcats written over it and the date that the Titans were playing them, and they did this in order. So it yeah. went through the schedule. The Falcons, according to one young woman, were the Red Stallions. Uh, the, the, the Dolphins were the Florida Georgia Dolphins, uh, for, <laughs> according to someone else. And with each smash cut to the, to the slate, you know, the, to the logo, full-screen yeah. logo with the date, was the start to the Fox NFL music, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and then they would move to the next you know, person on the street interview tactic. It was something you could do with the college equipment that you and I used in college. It was something that still resonates in 2023. You don't need a massive budget. You just need a creative idea. They won, in my opinion. They did. Well, also, by the way, they got 
They're apparently playing the Cowboys twice because those are the Colts. Just so you know. Uh-huh. I, I appreciate it. Like, no, it, listen, it was great. It was so well done. There's no question about that. No, I'm not, I'm not questioning that. Like, it was fantastic. I just appreciated the detail and the level of nuance and the level of time that went into the Chargers compared to some other teams that I just couldn't get through it. Like, sometimes the schedule wasn't in order. Sometimes yeah. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, no, like, like you're competing with the Chargers here every year, and now probably the Titans. Like, that's a high bar. And <laughs> you you got to bring it if you want to be considered. Otherwise, just maybe invest elsewhere. Patriots had an interesting one. The retirement house, where Devin McCourty is leading the viewer through it and getting acclimated. Think Heisman house, only with a bunch of retired Patriots. Okay, so he's going through it. Scott Zolak, Rob Ninkovich was out there washing the car, like Will Ferrell in old school. But then the doorbell rings at the end. McCourty opens it. You see a very excited Devin McCourty face. And then cut to Tom Brady going, got room for one more? And that got, <laughs> even as a Brady you know, non-fan as I am, that got a lot of good reaction. Speaking of non-fans, what about the Lakers? Is Game 6 now a must-win for LeBron and company? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.